sometimes I think podcasting people think that because they're the hosts and they are going to be the expert, they need to be the hero, but it's actually your listeners that are the hero and your job. When we find these podcasts do the best, when you can be the guide, you might just be a couple steps ahead of the people listening, but you've overcome something that they're achieving. They're wanting to overcome. So Mm -hmm. by thinking about being the guide as the host, I think sets your show up for bigger growth right from the beginning, because your audience will naturally be magnetized to you and, and, and want to learn more and grow with you. Welcome back to Podcast Launchpad. I'm Kelly. Y'all listen to this podcast to learn how to boost your authority and get more clients. And to do that, you've got to build a podcast audience. So I am thrilled to be talking today with podcasting expert and thought leader, Michelle Abraham, about audience growth. Michelle's business, Amplify You Podcasting, Inc., helps entrepreneurs increase their revenue and amplify their expertise through the power of podcasting, all while making a big impact. Michelle was voted number 16 the last two years on Podcast Magazine's list of the top 50 moms in podcasting. Michelle's agency, Amplify You, has launched over 300 podcasts, and her team publishes over 5,000 episodes a year and is described by Shark Tank alumnus Kevin Harrington as North America's top podcast management company. Welcome, Michelle. I am so happy to have you here today. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for having me. I'm thrilled to be here, too. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. And we are talking about a really hot topic, audience growth. (laughs) Hot topic for sure. (laughs) Yes. So to back up just a little bit, though, all right, before starting Amplify You, you were in marketing management and digital media management. Mm -hmm. How did you first get into podcasting? Did you start your own podcast? Did did you just jump into podcast management? What happened? Oh my gosh. And this is a little bit crazy. And I'm going to tell you, Kelly, that we launched 30 shows before we I'd even had my own podcast. (gasps) But oh my gosh, I, I know that let is just, wild. Let me just back it up a little bit further <laughs> to go. Yes, I was in digital marketing um, after a, like a really busy career in fitness and nutrition. And then I became pregnant and had my first son. And I was so excited to be a new mom. But I don't know for those moms out there and can relate to this, that brain fog, the not feeling super motivated, kind of like my brain is like mush kind of feeling is what I was feeling. And I remember sitting at home one day playing with my son and I turned on the Apple TV and I found this purple app and I was like, oh, what are these things? And I remember turning on Eventual Millionaire. You might remember back then and you were getting into the podcasting space around the same time as me that Jamie Tardy had this show, Eventual Millionaire. And I turned it on and I was like, it was a game changer. It changed my life. I listened to like every episode she had. I love the stories about people who had an idea and took their business to millions of dollars. And it was just so interesting to listen to these stories. And I thought, wow, 
I noticed myself over time, like getting our, my shoes on, putting my son in the stroller every Monday morning when the episode would drop after I'd listened to all of them and I was waiting for the next one to come out. Right. And I remember going, wow, this is listener, listener, like psychology. I got to remember this later on because, yeah. you know, those dedicated listeners, had she not dropped an episode, I probably would have been pretty bad. But <laughs> she always was dropping an episode every Monday morning. I'd go for a little walk. I started to feel better. I started to feel motivated and excited again and ready for, you know, my next adventure in business. And I had started a co-working space and we were doing all sorts of things, digital marketing for people. And it was, you know, websites and online courses and webinars and all those exciting things. Well, this podcasting thing became a bit of an obsession of mine. And I started doing meetup groups to meet new people in the podcasting space. The only problem this is back 2010. I there wasn't very many experts around for me to bring in to learn from. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Right. So I started learning about podcasting and then I would share what I learned. And soon enough, people were asking me to help them launch theirs. And I'm like, sure, I can do that. And I remember one of my friends one day, she's like, Michelle, I know you're good at what you do, but I have no clue what you do. And I was like, oh, that is a problem. <laughs> right? Not what anyone in marketing wants to hear, right? No. <laughs> I don't know what you do. Um, so I said, well, I really need to look at all these things we're doing and pick one that I'm really excited about. Mm. And so I dropped everything else and just focused on podcasting. Meanwhile, I was like, I still don't know what I want to talk about on my own show. <laughs> I couldn't get committed, Kelly. It was one of those things that now looking back, I had to have gone through because I went through the fear of being too successful and like the imposter syndrome. Who am I to start a podcast on podcasting? And then it was this um, imperfection and this analysis paralysis. And then mm -hmm. it was this all, all the things that I see my clients do now, I was like, oh, I totally did all of those things. And I know now why it took me four years to launch my podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's how I, that's how we got started in podcasting. And that's oh really gosh. where I was like, really excited about it and couldn't wait to start one, but just couldn't get committed to an idea to, to put the, put the recording button on my own show. <laughs> yeah. When of course you can always change what your podcast is about, you know, or drop that one and start a new one. Now, I hate to see pod fade, but if it's a conscious decision to go, mm -hmm. okay, this suited me then, and now I want to change directions. And so you either totally rebrand or you drop that one and start a new one. And, you know, we can change everything about our show. And we just don't realize that before we get started. So like you said, you know, all of this hesitation and doubt and imposter syndrome and even thoughts of who will want to listen to me? What do I have to contribute? And especially as women, all of that just comes in and really paralyzes us. Yeah, especially when I was on like the tail end of that postpartum depression, right? Just starting <sighs> to feel better again. Uh, I remember thinking that a podcast had to be like this. It had to launch and it couldn't, it couldn't change or pivot. And yeah. now I appreciate so much not, like not having to do to, to have to be committed to something, as you're saying, like, you know, season two is always a great time to have a new cover art or a little bit more of a narrow topic or, yeah. you know, um, there's always a chance to relaunch or refresh. And I think that's so great to know. It takes a lot of pressure off. Yeah, very true. It is a beautiful thing. Yeah, I like to tell people, you know, listeners and 
and clients that you can go in and and tweak things whenever if it's going to be a big rebrand you know that you need to build up buzz and and excitement but you know you can change your description anytime you can change the show notes anytime and it's good to do even episode titles and it's good to do that you know if you're finding that something's not working if an episode title didn't hit home go change it Mm -hmm. you know so yeah uh, your agency has launched over 300 podcasts and publishes over 5,000 episodes a year. That is astounding. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Super exciting. We're actually closer to 400 now. I should really update that. Like, yes. it just We've had so many recently that it's just really been exciting. Well, let's talk about audience growth. Okay. What are some misconceptions and some expectations that you see new podcasters have about audience growth, such as, you know, like how quickly they think it happens uh, on how they think it happens? What's your experience with that? Yeah, well, I think the number one thing that everyone thinks is like, um, build it and they will come, right? Like, (laughs) you start a podcast and you'll get millions of listeners. And that may have been true back in 2010 and 2012, 2013, when we were starting, but not so much anymore. And so, yes, you are going to get some downloads because you're on all of the platforms and there's listeners there already. But yeah, you actually need to do the work in getting people there and keeping them there as well. So I think that's Mm -hmm. a big misconception. I would say that's definitely the number one one. And then the number two one is that you have to wait to a certain amount of downloads in order for you to monetize your podcast. And I think that's a huge misconception. In fact, I have a friend that just in pre-launch had already generated revenue from his podcast before it was even live. So, um, you know, there's lots of different ways you could do that. So I think as far as like podcasting goes, those are definitely the two biggest ones that feel an audience will arrive automatically and that you have to wait to make money on it. Mm -hmm. True. Very true. Yeah, there are other ways to monetize than waiting for those, yeah, 5,000 downloads per episode or whatever is the the norm, you know, for getting sponsors and ads. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I think we, I think looking at the whole like podcasting space, I think it's very much still focused on those sponsorship things. But where we are and where we focus with our clients is nowhere, nowhere near the sponsorship stuff. So it's still interesting to me that that's an expectation when people start a podcast. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about growth, but we can talk about monetization for a minute because that is a huge issue that, that people want to talk about too. And, Sponsorship, yeah, is not necessarily the way you want to go because there can be so many restrictions working with a sponsor. And especially as an indie podcaster, you may not want to give up any control. For sure. Yeah. And the podcasters that we specifically work with too are entrepreneurs and the, every single one of our clients has to have a positive impact that they're making in the world for us to work with them. Mm -hmm. And so I know that for them, having some random podcast episode put into or like a sponsorship in the middle of their show would be like detrimental to their show. And so looking at like their own programs and services is usually the route we suggest they go just to start off with until they can get a little bit more momentum going. Yeah, 
totally agree. Yeah, I don't want a random ad playing in mine, you know, going with mm -hmm. a, a network dropping ads into mine because I don't want something that I don't approve of that I haven't used or, yes, yeah, some product or service that I would just be opposed to dropping yeah. into my episodes. Perfect example. We were just helping a new podcast that's all about shamanism. And when they were on a big network, the network put a uh, Porsche ad in the, in the, big, <laughs> the middle of their ever in the middle of their episode. And she was like, oh "That was that was that was the indicator that we needed to leave." <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh gosh, I yes. think so. <laughs> I mean, kind of cool that you know. Well, I mean, Porsche didn't. <laughs> have anything to do with it but you know it's like porsche ooh, prestige but not for that show right wrong total audience. mismatch <laughs> yes wow yeah. so all funny. right <laughs> so what should new podcasters actually expect or be prepared for when it comes to audience growth and you know i know this varies from podcast to podcast because mm. you've got different factors going on like the size of their following before they start their show for example yeah exactly yeah and so we find obviously the growth happens a lot quicker with those that have a bigger audience to begin with um, but those just starting off, there's lots of things they can do. So I kind of was thinking about this question and I have like a couple of ideas of things that they can do within the show first to help with that growth. And then some things they can do once the show is launched that we've seen that's been really helpful. So awesome. I'll start maybe with like the in the show thing. There's a couple of great things. And one thing that you do really well is reference other episodes. So when you're mm. referencing another episode, that's really going to help people who are listening be like, oh, I didn't listen to that episode. I like this one. I'm going to go listen to that one. So that really helps mm. with the retention. I also feel like um, you do this very well as well. <laughs> it's like being the guide, right? So like you're the guide. And this goes back to Donald Miller's story, Brian. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. read that book or not, but yes. I love that book. And it's all about like how any movie or any story always is like there's a guide and there's the hero. Well, and sometimes I think podcasting people think that because they're the hosts and they were going to be the expert, they need to be the hero. But it's actually your listeners that are the hero. And your job, and we find these podcasts do the best, when you can be the guide, you might just be a couple steps ahead of the people listening, but you've overcome something that they're achieving, they're wanting to overcome. So mm -hmm. by thinking about being the guide as the host, I think sets your show up for bigger growth right from the beginning because your audience will naturally be magnetized to you and, and, and want to learn more and grow with you. Mm -hmm. So that's that the number sense. two one, I think. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, I think, with, you know, just making the, making the audience the hero. Um, Absolutely. I mean, your show really needs to be listener-centric, and not all about me, 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 unless it's when your show is a marketing tool for your business. You know, if it's a different right. kind of show, comedy show or something, then fine. Yeah, exactly. Me, and I always me, forget, but... like I'm talking about like such a small little demographic in the whole podcasting right. space. But like these are really right. for entrepreneurs who have their own yes. programs and services and they're using the podcast as like a tool in their yep. business. And so totally. uh, the other mistake, and I made this mistake in my in my initial podcast uh, was like not... Like I jumped into having guests right away and I didn't let the audience mm. get to know me first. 
and not just like not just why I started this podcast I mean I don't think that's the best thing to start with but more about like what's my story that led me to like wanting to be the guide in this in this story line right so those we have a four episode sequence that we kind of share with our clients that goes through like you know some in like our story of our hero's journey and then some internal objections and external circumstances that have really led us over getting over and getting to where the point we are now, um, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting for your audience to kind of then resonate and relate to you as the host before you bring on other guests. And then, then you can bring on the guests you want and have a great conversation. At least the audience now has a foundation of who you are. That That is great. Yeah totally agree there and i think for a while at my one of my other shows i for a while let the guests take over and didn't put enough of myself in them i started out with only solo episodes then would bring in guests and so to to change that up then i started recording my own intro to add on after the interview and so I felt like that helped, but yeah, totally understand what you mean about the guest interview, uh, the, the interviews, not highlighting your own expertise m- enough. And so as an entrepreneur to have a pure interview centered show, mm-hmm. it is tough to highlight your authority. Yeah, I saw, I'm not going to name the, the, the episode, the, the show, but I saw a very popular show that was all interviews all of a sudden had to interject their own their own <laughs> things in there because they didn't have a platform to say their own thing. I really like how yeah. you do the intro before your show. I think that really is helpful for to tie it all together too. Plus mm-hmm. it kind of hooks the audience into the show. Um, yeah. Another couple of ideas we've given some of our clients is to like either have the guest come in as a sandwich where you start off with your stuff and you end with your stuff or relate what they said back to your own framework. And they can just come in in the middle part or have yeah. a follow-up episode that like re, re kind of re goes over what they said in the, in the interview, but then brings it back to their teaching and um, their own framework, which I think is great. And That's then awesome. uh, the, the other thing we, we were talking about already today was really strong call to action. So having just one very clear call to action that never changes. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you, how much I want to cry when I think about how many podcasts I've been on and how many of my own podcasts I've done now that have links in them that don't work anymore. <laughs> oh, so yes. like, you know, like a free gift from michelle.com goes really far or like <laughs> something yeah. that will never change, even if the gift changes over time or the domain True. changes over time. Mm. Yeah. That's so I made that perfect. mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, very that. true. <laughs> and, and that would be the same then when you, when you're a guest on other people's podcasts, Definitely. don't have it be time-based, have it be yeah, universal link and don't ever have the link change, even if the gift changes. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent agree. And, um, and then the other like kind of tie into this is like having a very literal title and it, of the name of the show, plus also the episodes. We were mentioning this earlier in the episode, 
how like if you're finding that it's not working we actually had a client she went on just tweaked a few of her titles through matching more keywords and it it changed and exploded her downloads so that's a really good thing that you can just do every once in a while is going if you're seeing an episode is like pretty low performance go and change the titles of it and that might help bring some more listeners to it very true Um, what do you have to say about uh, the best way to title your episodes? Oh, that's a great question. I always like to tie the episodes in with a keyword that's very specific to either the person that was on the show or the actual title of the podcast. So, um, for example, like if we're using your show as an example, titling something with the word podcast in the titles as frequently as possible, I think is a really good idea. Um, It's just more searchable and more easily searchable. The search engines on podcasting platforms are not very smart. So we have to help them out a little. (laughs) Google's much smarter. (laughs) And even with Google, we still need to be as specific as possible. And I love using questions in my titles. Mm. I like to use exact queries that people are typing into Google. Not if it's just too dumb, But if Mm -hmm. it works for an episode title, I like to do that. And I did an example for an episode that that came out a few weeks ago about writing episode titles. And so I searched, I did a Google search, Mm -hmm. and one of my episodes came up twice on page one, one as a song, because it was the exact title, and uh, then once as the video. Awesome. That's because good. Because it was a search query. And I looked, yeah. you know, I did research on it before I came up with that title. I didn't search everything, but just that one as an example. That's cool. One yeah, that I really like. The question. Yeah. When, and speaking about questions, one that I really like is called Answer the Public because yes. it, it, if you put in the key, like whatever your topic is, it pulls up hundreds of questions that your audience is asking around that topic, which yes. I think I think if you were to look at that and then use those as, as titles in your uh, podcast, I think that would be really helpful yes. um, as well. Perfect. Yeah. And then the last kind of like, pod, like pre-launching and launching kind of thing uh, for audience growth, that growth I was thinking is trying to get on to listen notes. So getting your podcast on listen notes is really helpful. Listen notes will tell you you're in the top, you know, whatever percent of all podcasts out there, which is kind of nice. So all the shows we work with are in the top 5% at least of list mm-hmm. on listen notes, which is cool because then it gives them this little graphic they could put on their, on their website and, or share with other people that they're in the top whatever percent some of them are in the top one percent or three percent or whatever it is and that's like out of three million podcasts however if you what we've discovered if you're on i think anchor or buzzsprout it's a lot harder to get it doesn't for some reason talk to listen notes so i don't know why it leaves out those platforms yeah so if you're on those platforms and you're not showing up on listen notes that would be why i don't know why i don't know why that's that's what we've discovered (laughs) wow that's fascinating okay Good to know. Yeah. So don't freak okay. out if you're not on there. Just <laughs> that's just <laughs> that's just what we found is just there's a couple of podcast hosts that don't play nice with that platform. <laughs> okay. Doesn't look great though for people looking up your show on there though. Right. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, the things that we found that obviously help is consistency of publishing, great keywords in there, good show notes. 
meaning like you have some like stuff in there, your show notes, also guesting, you have guests that are sharing your episodes. Um, Those are really the things that we can see that are, that they're kind of looking for is like the consistency and like that regular, you're regularly publishing like um, on a regular basis. So so if you're not, then if you up that, then that will help as well. Um, But yeah. And then I came up with like a whole bunch of ideas of things that people can do to grow their show after they've launched. Um, And it's funny because we, kind of think of podcasting as a different kind of animal I think than a lot of people in our industry do we think Mm -hmm. of a podcast as like a necessity in your business and it is the best networking tool out there right so thanks to podcasting you can agree probably that it eliminates weird coffee dates the pick the brain sessions the get to know you sessions all that kind of stuff because I just now invite someone on the podcast if I'm curious about them right yeah yeah (laughs) it's true and so I have my podcast, uh, the Amplify You one is set up in like two, in like a different, two different ways. So I have two different types of shows and this might be helpful for someone listening to think of leveraging your podcast as a, as a tool. I think it's like just as necessary as a website now in your business um, yeah. because a podcast can get you in front of the right people. So as an example, we have an Ask the Expert interview, which I could bring you on Kelly to that one. We could talk about podcasting and that specifically is to how my audience who are entrepreneurs is thinking about launching a podcast or have launched a podcast. That's mm-hmm. really going to help them with some really great tips and strategy and things like that. That show specifically is meant for me to find my joint venture partners and collaborative partners. So from that one type of episode alone, um, I actually, we added six figures to our business last year because I interviewed two different people, which both of them I've created programs with, which we've now sold for, different different than one of them was an event and one of them was a program so just from that just from that interview alone um that's those are the type of people we're connecting with and then on the other hand and plus that one's really great for like reaching out to someone that maybe i wouldn't have any other opportunity to talk to that is like a mentor or someone that like i really look up to that i really want to have on the show I interviewed uh christina manlachiani from mind valley this week (gasps) on that show (sighs) And she was so lovely and it was so cool to meet someone that runs like a multi-million dollar like personal yeah. development company and uh, she has a new book coming out. Um, mm. So that was what we were talking about on the podcast. But that without a podcast, there's no reason that yeah. we would have had a conversation, right? And now we have exactly. a relationship. Right. They're not yeah. people, most people aren't going to say, yeah, let's just have a phone call or a Zoom call for yeah. like no reason. Yeah. I just Mm -hmm. want to chat with you. Uh, No, Mm -hmm. but I have a podcast. Here's my audience. Here's what I want to interview you or chat with you about on the show. Oh, you know, we'll create this awesome value for my listeners. Oh, that sounds great. Sure. And then you've got them for 30 minutes to an hour. It's like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. It's like you're leading with service too, right? You're like, I'm going to put you on a pedestal and on my platform first. And then we can talk about other things afterwards. What this works really well, especially one of our clients, she's uh, corporate leadership going past the gatekeepers in a corporation is so hard if you're picking up the phone and cold calling, but inviting a CEO onto a podcast, easy, right? That's like a game changer for like that particular industry. 
So the other type of show I have within our Amplify You podcast is the behind the mic. So behind the mic allows me to bring our clients on and share all about their podcasting journey. Sometimes they say really nice things about us, which is great. But that's not the intent. The intent is that we get to showcase them. And then also I can bring on people we don't work with and interview them all about their podcast journey. Because I'm curious about that. Our listeners want to hear what someone else's journey was like. And then I can hear them maybe say they don't like doing show notes. And I can be like, hey, you know, we do show notes. We can help you out um, after the conversation. So I'm getting in front of our ideal clients mm-hmm. all the time by interviewing them on that particular show. So That's just perfect. to uh, use leverage for growth yeah. in your business. Well, also, yes, you're not ignoring your audience still. But over time, your audience takes maybe a little bit longer to grow. But immediately you can start using the podcast as this leverage tool in your business right away. Exactly. Because that's why we're starting a podcast mm-hmm. when we're starting it as entrepreneurs to support our business. We, and so back mm-hmm. to the monetization thing, we don't have to wait for sponsors or ads. We can start mm-hmm. using it, like you said, to lever as leverage to help our business right now, even without exactly. having tons of followers and downloads and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this happens before you even launch, right? Because you're going to interview a couple people or probably have a few episodes before you launch. So yeah. So and then I'll kind of go through the other ones a little bit quicker because there there's quite a few of them. But um, as soon as you launch, get yourself on a guest tour. Like what do book book authors do when they when they launch a book? They go and get on a media book tour, right? Well, I speak in a lot of author groups and I tell them to get on a podcast tour for them to promote their book. But this is also same for podcasters launching their show. Just because you're behind the mic this way doesn't mean you shouldn't be getting on the mic in front of other audiences. So leveraging the OPP, you know me, that 80s song. Well, no one knows that movie isn't is 90s. <laughs> Leveraging now other people's audiences to get and getting on their shows to promote yourself. Some other places you want to make sure you're on all the directories. I can't believe how many people that we have come to us that are relaunching their show. They're like, yeah, we're on Apple. I was like, and? <laughs> right. No, you cannot be on just one. Not unless that platform is paying you a ton of money. Right. Yeah. And even and then, if you're, you know, yeah. Only on Apple? Like, uh, what about the other hundred and whatever platforms you need to get on, right? (laughs) Right. And like, similarly, when you're sharing a link to your show, don't ever share directly to the app. Yeah, they don't need your traffic. Hello. (laughs) Right. If you give me the Spotify link, which some people have done before, like, I can't listen to this because I listen on Apple. And so then they're forcing me to go look it up on my own in Apple or go like, well, whatever too much work. <laughs> All right. right. I'm sorry. What do you suggest people, what, what kind of link do you suggest people give you? What's your suggestion? Well, when your podcast is supporting is a marketing tool for your business, I give mm-hmm. them the link to the episode on my website. Yeah. Because I want them to check out my service me and my services on my mm-hmm. website. Then I have links to the major directories on the podcast blog page on my website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, so that's awesome. what I do. I love that. What do you recommend? Yeah, yeah 100%. Same thing. Um, right. Getting get get the graphic to your own website first. Yes. You <laughs> yes. own it. You own yes. that website. So send people there. Yes, exactly. Awesome. And if you don't have a website, if you use the hosting site that we do, Captivate, it builds you a little website like all by itself, like without you even doing other than pushing three buttons and all your episodes 
says it right there. That's like the yep. second. So if you don't have your own website just yet, don't panic and don't right. let that stop you from launching your show. Just right. know that you have this one on Captivate in the meantime. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Better than nothing. Um, I want yeah, you to exactly. have your own for your business, but you'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. And the number three podcasting platform out there for, for publicity is YouTube. So if you're recording, especially most of us now recording video, make sure you're getting those videos up into YouTube. And YouTube doesn't necessarily love our full form of podcasting like this. So you could do it in a couple of different versions. You could do this version, you could do a, a YouTube short, you know, which is under a minute, uh, or yeah. you could do a three to five minute version. And if you yeah. are thinking about your content before you can structure your episodes in the way that they can be cut up in certain segments um, mm -hmm. so that you can put them in those different platforms. So we repurpose the heck out of all the content from the podcast in many different, many different places on social media. But also you can post it like as a blog post with your player in something like medium.com where there's already mm -hmm. millions of people listening there. That's True. another great place that you can post your website. And then some of our industry specific clients have found industry websites that they can post their stuff on for example like in the real estate space or in you know coaching or there's some certain websites that will allow you like you know writing for mine was it mind body green um you can mm -hmm. go on there and compose your player in there too lots of different oh, wow. places that you can do uh, just depending on what industry you're in so getting yeah. your podcast out on other platforms and directories and making sure you're visible as much as possible is great that's awesome all right so one thing you did not mention was social media. Mm -hmm. Yep, I did not mention social media because sometimes I feel like it's a bit of a waste of time. But mm. if you think about social media, you think about your podcast in a different way. Um, I think so. I mean, you probably get this too. I, I have people come and say, oh, why don't why would I want to start a podcast? It's like another social media platform I got to deal with. And it's like, oh, I was like, well, how about you look at it in this other way? So you flip your social media strategy on its head and you start with the podcast and you sit down and record three or four episodes in one go. And then you use all that content diced up and chopped up and spread out over top of all your social media. Your content from your podcast should give you enough enough content for your social media for the month anyways. So yeah. uh, look at it, looking at it that way, social media can, you can cut down the time you're wasting on social media posting already with like stuff that you're already creating for the podcast can just now be your social media. And then if you happen to post other things in between, great, but at least you have a foundation now for your social media where, sorry, I might sound like I don't like social media, but it's just, I think I'm over it. <laughs> no, I get you. Social media is like the bane of my existence. <laughs> yeah. I, I know I just resist, but that's exactly what I do is yeah. my podcast. My episodes are my social media content because I do chop yeah. them up. I create little video clips and reels mm -hmm. and all of that. And I try to put some other stuff in there, yeah. but if I don't get to it, then at least I've got that. Right. Yeah. And your episodes are so value packed that you can cut them up in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, you have tons of content right there, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a few other, a few other ideas for audience growth. 
we have the ability to do something called collections. Um, so like if you have, say, a podcast around, uh, you know, your coaching business in general, and you have maybe five or six episodes around confidence, you can take all five of those episodes about confidence and create something called a collection, uh, mm -hmm. which then you can just uh, promote that link out there. So people is drawing people of different who might have an interest in different types of shows within your show um different topics around your in within your show that might it, kind of using it as a lead magnet to draw people into your podcast is a good way of posting on social media and that doesn't take very long to do especially if you're using captivate it's all right in your right in your um dashboard there in very your podcast cool. host yeah, I love using those. And I think they're kind of untapped. Another yeah. thing that we do is we get all of our guests uh, host of podcasts. <laughs> and you're mentioning the several podcasts that you host. I also hope I think this needs I think this is like a I think this is like a, a podcaster problem is we, we the, the more we do it, the more podcasts we want to have, because <laughs> it's so yeah. much fun. I have about yeah. three now. But the one is podcasting is a uh, blissful parenting podcast and that one we have a toolkit so i asked our guests to have a toolkit which we put into a special uh space um and then we use that as a opt-in so all mm -hmm. tools all of the gifts go into one toolbox and then the guest also promotes the toolbox with an affiliate link and so if someone comes into the toolbox loves the toolbox upgrades to one of our programs the guest gets that referral from there so that's a way that oh, we've wow. created and then our email list, we're constantly emailing them out about the tool box and then they're conditioning to open up for gifts. And so mm. then we have something of, of and that promotion going on. They're still opening the emails, right? So nice. that's a, that's a good, that's another, my, my other tip for podcast growth. Very cool. Toolbox. <laughs> that is very cool. And yeah, the emailing stuff of value and not just constantly promoting that is so like when you already have an email list, not mm -hmm. everyone on your list is going to listen to your show. Right. So you do want to move people already on your email list onto your show as well. And you want to move your listeners onto your email list. So, you know, goes mm -hmm. both ways. And so you want your email not to be constant promotion, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to be of service. You want to be you said giving some gifts and offering things of value. Mm -hmm. And yes, your podcast is of value, but it's also yeah. self-promotion. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, just kind of be careful there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of both. I think it's high right. value self-promotion. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because you're asking them, you know, come listen to my show, but here it is really going to help you. So yeah, like... Because that's what my that's what my newsletter is about. It's like, you know, your podcast writes your newsletter for you. But right. then I have to remember, okay, sometimes I need to send out another newsletter, not newsletter, but another email that's not about me at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think I think it adds it adds more value to a promotional email. Let's put it that way. Yeah, if you're talking exactly. about the exactly. <laughs> about the podcast. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm glad exactly. a lot of clients that do it really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's I think yeah. it's received well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would imagine. All of those suggestions are awesome. Thank you so much. There is a lot here for for listeners to consider and take action on, and they are actionable. 
That's fabulous. Yeah, absolutely. And there's lots more where that, that came from in my brain. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> oh my gosh. With all of these years of experience and all of the podcasters you help, yes, you know what you're talking about. And yeah, well, we should do round two on my podcast with you on my show. How about that? <laughs> that would be fabulous. That yeah. would be excellent. All right. So tell us a little about Amplify You and also Potapalooza. Sure. So at Amplify You, we help people launch, manage, and grow their show and then help them get booked on other shows as a guest. And so we work with people who have a positive impact message out there and want to do something great in the world. Those are the people that we love working with. And uh, from having an interview on one of my podcasts, one of uh, my guests on my show, her name is Kimberly Crow. And her and I discovered that we had this idea and it was called, uh, it birthed into an event called Potapalooza. Uh-huh. And the idea was that she works with speakers and I worked with podcasters and how can we get the speakers on more shows in, uh, in an event? So what we did is we created a one day event and we've run it about six times now. And this one day event happens. We have about 300 people that attend or 350 people that attend. And all day long in the main stage, we have fabulous speakers. And I host the main stage and great speakers all day long giving tons of value, all to help support growing your business. Now, if you upgrade to a VIP, uh, it's five bucks to attend, by the way, it's five dollars to attend, and we'll give you a link, um, five dollars to attend. And then if you want to upgrade to VIP, it's one ninety seven, and you get to be booked on up to five podcasts. We have 40 podcasters that are there. And you'll see oh all gosh. the podcasters and you'll just select which shows you want to be on and they'll select if you're a match for their show and then we'll schedule it and it will happen. And even if it doesn't happen on the day of you do get up to five shows but then beyond there the podcaster can still reach out to you for another interview uh, mm-hmm. beyond that so it is an amazing event it happens a couple times a year and the next one's coming up soon so i'll give you a link so that you can uh share with your audience that you is can check awesome. it out at yeah <laughs> that sounds like so much fun oh my gosh amazing all right thank you so much for that and um Thank you just so much for being here today. This is really fabulous, Michelle. I really appreciate it. You're and so how welcome. Can, Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and how can people find you at Amplify You? Great. So our uh, website is AmplifyYouNetwork.com and Amplify You is A-M-P-L-A-F-Y-O-U. All right. So just one Y in there. One Y, Yes. Not literal, like a podcast title should be. <laughs> we went all fancy and we are hard to spell. Yeah, That is all right. All squished yep. into one word. <laughs> no, it's awesome. All right. Well, thank you again. This has really just been such a pleasure having you here today. Thank you. And thank you all for being here today. Be sure to follow so you don't miss a single episode. And I will see you next time on Podcast Launchpad. We'll be right back.